morning and welcome to the autopsy of her healing, evolving resiliency. I am Iris Denise Owens and on the line with me is my beautiful assistant co-host. Stephanie Ziani Green. Good morning, honey bunny. Good morning, honey bunny. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful. It is Friday and it has been a whirlwind (laughs) week. (laughs) Yes, it has been. And of course, in our world, Fridays don't mean anything. And the reason why we say that is because we both are one, we're both entrepreneurs. Two, we're both realtors. And so Fridays means nothing to us um, other than sometimes Friday means it's going to gear, the, our week really gears up because, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. if, if we're working in our real estate business, that means there are people, you know, you want clients that you need to take out. There are houses mm-hmm. you need to show, you know, there's houses you need to go and view to get listings done. So the weekends just become another part of the week for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And then again, as entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs do not technically have days off. We have to schedule no, we those. <laughs> we have to schedule those. And then, you yeah, know, we have to remember that we have to sometime during the day stop working because we yes, work. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because there is always something to do. Always, always something. Absolutely. So today we are going to jump in and we're going to talk about, um, we, we were throwing this topic around because we really don't know where we're going to land on it, but (laughs) we were going to talk about, um, we, you know, when a walk, when your walk in the park turns into a run for your life or a walk in the park turns into a really freaky event. (laughs) (laughs) Or the walk in the park turns into something you could have never even imagined. And so the walk in the park completely left. Right. You're right. The walk in the park left and you were still in the park. Yeah, that's good. I like that. The walk in the park ends ends up with you still in the park, right? And so the reason why we're talking about this is because um, I had a very um, interesting life experience last Saturday on October 16th. Um, And so, you know, some of you know, some of you may not, I'm a runner. Um, But of course, I have not ran in the last, you know, well, ran in a run for the last 19 months since we've been in COVID, because all the runs, of course, have been, you know, canceled, and we've been social distancing. And so doing a run, of course, was not an option. But nonetheless, there was a run that came up. um, And so I was going to do this run or I did this run with two of my my two of my sisters and so one of my sisters is a runner and the other is not and this was actually her first 5k so we decided that we of course were going to walk the 5k so great we started that morning weather was beautiful it was awesome we were so excited and of course two of us the two runners we're morning people and the, and our other sister who is the walker was like, I don't know why y'all have this kind of energy in the morning. I need you all to just shut up and be quiet until, <laughs> until I warm up into this thing. And so we were really harassing her. So it was really, really, we had a, we were having a great, great morning. The weather was beautiful. So nonetheless, we started the walk 
and halfway through the walk, we're walking and talking. And all of a sudden I felt something puncture my thigh. I mean, like literally, you know, it's like when you get a needle, like even when you look, I always look away from the needle, but you feel the needle puncture the skin. Something punctured my skin and I, I know, and I heard myself go, ow, something bit me, you know? And so it was like, my two, my two sisters are like, we didn't see anything. They're like, you sure? I was like, yes, something bit me. Well, the, the sight, of course, because I, I couldn't see it because it's on my thigh. Um, and, but that spot started to get hot. It got really hot, like, like someone was blowing a, a, a torch on the back of my thigh. And so anyway, we keep, we keep walking and I'm rubbing, you know, and I could feel a little welt, you know, I even stopped to examine it. Um, and they looked and they said, yeah, so, you know, you could just see a little welt, like if you had gotten, you know, like if I had gotten stung by a mosquito or something. And so we kept walking. Um, we finished, ran across the, you know, the finish line, excited. And so as I crossed the finish line, I said, you know, we were like, okay, we got, we got to walk down because it wasn't at an amphitheater. We had to walk down into the amphitheater. That's where our medals were for finishing, you know, finishing the 5K. So as we're walking, I start to feel like my eyes. And so I say, I said to them, I said, hey, are my eyes swollen? But you know, when you feel like when your eyes are swelling because it feels weird, right? You feel right. like, you know, you, right? So, yeah. You, know, you feel like, like you know that. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like if you have allergies, you know, mm -hmm. when something, you know. So, so I, it started there, and so we kept on walking. And of course, now it's it's hot, so it's warmer. But now my eyes are are itchy, and now my neck is starting to feel really itchy and weird. So as we're walking to go get the medals, there was a restroom. So I said, let me run in here and look in this mirror. You know, I walk in and I look in the mirror and I could see my neck looked as though someone had just taken their nails and just was like scraping it up and down my neck because it was red and wealthy. So, okay, go down, get the medals, we come back up. Um, so I stop and I talk to some people, but while I'm talking to people, so now my ears are warm and my ears are, are itchy. Hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, something's definitely going on here. So let me, let me say, I am allergic to bees, wasps, you know, bees, wax, um, topical sulfur, aspirin, right? But I hadn't been stung by a bee probably since I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14. That's the last time I've been stung by a bee or a wasp. And well, of course, when I get stung by a mosquito or a mosquito or an ant or anything, I will have a reaction. But the reaction is, you know, like swelling in the, but only Mm -hmm. in you know at the site with at the bite site is what I call it right and so 
I just, you know, was like, okay, I don't know what stung me. I don't know what bit me because again, like I said, no one saw it. I didn't see it. They didn't see it. So we keep, we're walking back toward the car, but I can feel my body now getting hot, Mm -hmm. you know, and this sight is still burning. And so, uh, Merck is walking behind us, one of my sisters, and she says, oh, it was a whelp. She says, but now it's like a quarter size. I could see like it's showing through my my running pants, right? And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, let me, let's let's get to the car. We're like, let's get to Walgreens and get you some Benadryl. Okay. So we get in the car, we get to, we get to Walgreens. So by the time we get to Walgreens, um, that quarter size now is this protruding bulge on the back of my thigh. And we're talking that was probably about, that was maybe a five minute ride. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Five minute ride. And so now we get inside. I can definitely feel that my eyes are swollen. I can feel my, my hand is whelping. Um, I get in the store I take the Benadryl and I'm, I've spoken to the pharmacist and, you know, I walk in and say something bit me, don't know what. She says, are you allergic to anything? Yes, B. She said, Benadryl is going to be your bet bet. Liquid or tablet? She goes, liquid. Well, they didn't have any liquid. They only had the children's liquid. So I take the tablet. Well, now we're still talking. And my other friend, Sheila, goes to the, you know, how they have the clinics in there. And she's talking to the, the doctor that's there. And she goes, well, I can't help you. The pharmacist is over there. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Walgreen, you need to fix that. <laughs> yeah. And so um, while, right, while we're talking to the pharmacist, I am turning into, if you ever saw the movie Hitch with Will Smith, yeah. <laughs> where he has the allergic reaction to the shellfish, shellfish. right? And he didn't even he didn't even eat the shellfish. He was just they were just in the presence in the right? area. They, they were preparing the shellfish, and then he starts, you know, all of this going on. And so, by the time they get to the drugstore, his face is like, well, his ear because I was transforming into Will Smith from Hitch or. Fiona from um, Shrek. Shrek. That's what the, this is what this is what's going on. So the pharmacist says, "Okay, well, you guys can, you know, two choices. You can uh, take her to an urgent care, or you can even go over to the fire department, which was directly across the street from the Walgreens." And so we're like, "Jump back in the car. We're going to the fire department, right?" And so get to the fire department, and they are taking vitals and. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a strong person. I, I bear pain like nobody else. I deliver babies, natural childbirth. I'm, you know, not a weakling when it comes to pain, but, and I wasn't in pain, but what I didn't realize is that, um, I'm, they're talking to me and all of a sudden my head does this, and now I got to go down to the ground because the air up here is way too but that was a result of my blood pressure dropping my blood pressure was like 83 over 
I think 60 or something crazy. And so the, the firemen and the EMTs are now, you know, checking my blood pressure um, and trying to, because they're trying to see if that's a right reading. So they've done the cup and they can't do the cup. So now they're doing it the old fashioned way to really, really see where my blood pressure is. So at that point they say, okay, um, with the way your blood pressure is going, we really, really believe you need to go to the hospital. And at this point, my whole body now is broken into hives. I am red and whelpy everywhere. Arms, neck, lips, head, in my scalp. I am red everywhere. <sighs> Get into the ambulance and um, they're like, we're going to give you an epi shot because the Benadryl obviously was not help, was not doing it quickly enough, but the Benadryl did help. I will say the Benadryl probably saved me from going into a convulsive state or into shock all the way, you know, mm -hmm. because there was nothing in my system. I had not eaten that day either because I don't, you know, I don't eat before a run. Um, so, so definitely there was nothing in my system, but nonetheless, um, give me the epi shot. And then the throat starts to feel never had a problem breathing, but the throat feels like there is something sitting like that, knot in your, in my throat. And my chest feels like I have indigestion. Mm -hmm. Um, EMTs were amazing kept talking to me the whole time. And of course I'm making jokes. So I'm gonna tell you all, even in all this that's going on, right? I still, of course, I'm still, I'm still a girl. So I'm still very vain and all this is going on. So my first moment of uh, public um, humiliation comes when the EMT says, uh, did anyone check to see if the stinger is in there? And they all go, no, we didn't, right? And so the other EMT says, oh, it's fine. We'll, when she gets in the ambulance. Now I'm already on the gurney. He says, we'll just check it when we, when we get her in the, in the ambulance. And the other EMT goes, no, because, you know, that's going to be difficult for, for her to have to try to, you know, stand up and so then that EMT says, well, we need to check it. We'll make a curtain right here. <laughs> so here's the <laughs> So here I am standing in front of the fire station in Peachtree City, <laughs> outside the fire station, pulling down my, my running pants so they could check to see if there's a stinger in my thigh. I'm like, oh, so I'm making jokes. I said, well, this is why your grandma always says to wear clean underwear. <laughs> Absolutely. And, wait, wait. And, and wear underwear. Let's be clear about that. Right. Wear underwear. <laughs> right, right, Steph, because Lord help had that been that situation, right? <laughs> well, I was commando today. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, no problem. So the the EMTs are laughing. Murphy and Sheila are laughing. They're like, this is crazy. But right here is first where I want to put a pin in 
how important it is to have people in your life who truly care about you. Absolutely. Because Mercedes Miller, Sheila Richardson never left my side, right? Mm -hmm. And I know most of you are probably going, well, of course they never left your side. No, because there are people that we have all encountered in our lives and we think that when something goes wrong or when we are in need of help or, or someone to just be there with us, to walk with us, to sit with us, to whatever we need, that those people will be there. And I'm sure we've all had those moments where we were by ourselves mm-hmm. in a hospital, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a jail cell in a courtroom, in a, whatever it was that was a trying time for you. But when you thought that you had people, there was nobody there for you. Mm -hmm. That was not the case. My two sisters, they, Sheila was on the ground with me, you know, encouraging me and telling me, she's like, you know, I know it's hard, but try to calm down because what we didn't want is for me to go into hyperventilating or, you know, getting, getting real overly excited in a situation where I was already, um, you know, my blood pressure was, had dropped and it had not come back yet, but they took care of me. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they want, they want, they came with me to the hospital, but of course, because of COVID, they couldn't come in the hospital with me. So mm-hmm. they went back and got my car. They drove my car to the hospital so that when I did get out, I would be able to get home. And if I couldn't drive, they had already called me and said, if you can't let call us and one of us will be there to make sure you get home safely. Right. Mm-hmm. So they did, they did all that. They, you know, was calling, you know, people to let them know what was going on. So they were there for me. So I'm so appreciative, love them so much for being there for me. But when I get to the hospital and one thing, another thing I learned, not that I, I, I the ambulance ride was fine. The, the EMTs were great. They were awesome. But something I learned is if you really want to get into the, get in the hospital and get seen fast, go by the ambulance. <laughs> yes. I, I, I experienced that. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes, we have. Because guess what? The ambulance needs their gurney back. They can't. They're not going to just let you sit there on their gurney, right? Nope. And, nope. and when you go with the, they check you in, like, they like go and check you in, get you registered and all that stuff. Nope. Yeah. And it's like, whoo, they get you in quickly. So mm-hmm. if you have to go, that's the best way to go. Just say it, yeah. right? Yeah. You're not sitting there. Right. And so we, I get in there. And so here I am now in the, in the hospital room. So now I have the EMTs, the doctor, the charge nurse, the other nurse, and some young lady sitting in the corner. I guess she was taking the notes for the, the doctor mm-hmm. on her laptop. Here's the nurse standing in front of me with the gown. Okay, I need you to take off your shoes and take off your pants. Okay, here we go again. The whole room of people take off my clothes again and then she's like yep and take off your shirt and take off your sports bra wow I you know 
never thought I was going to be a public exhibitionist, but um, that day just it, twice in one day, you know, it was just, it was a lot, you know. <laughs> so ended up, you know, the, they gave me, you know, they checked my vitals, my blood pressure came back, um, gave me two, um, two servings of steroids and, you know, and then I went home within probably within an hour and a half, which they initially said I was going to have to be there for six hours, but I was okay. You know, everything came back. Um, and it's, it's crazy because Steph has, you know, Steph uses an EpiPen because we talked we for years, you know, we've known each other for years. And so Steph always said, do you have an EpiPen? And I was like, nah. And it's crazy because when I went for my physical this year, my doctor wrote a prescription for the EpiPen. I was like, I don't need no EpiPen. I have not, I've never had an episode where I had. Well, look at how that turned out, right? Mm -hmm. I left home that day for a walk in the park, a 5K walk run to have fun and, and then literally ended up in the hospital and was in a very precarious situation, right? Um, it is just a reminder and it was a serious reminder to me that the things we take for granted, right? The mm -hmm. things that we think we're prepared for and we're not prepared for. Um, because that could have went so many different ways because, because I am a runner, I have done runs by myself. Now, of course, there were people out there on that path, but I'm just saying, I could have been out there running, walking by myself, gotten mm -hmm. stung. Exactly. Which and, is could have, and could have gone into a, a, a you know, shock or anything and passed out. Mm -hmm. And may not have been as fortunate to to get to the doctor, to get to the, to get to the, you know, the Benadryl, to get to Walgreens and then have somebody drive me over to the fire station and then somebody wait with me and somebody take me to the hospital. So th there was just, you know, and I, and I know some people will say, yeah, but none of those things happened. But all of those other things did happen, mm -hmm. you know? And, and for me, it was like, it, I'm, I don't want to call it the, oh, it was like, I saw my life flashing in front of me. Because I didn't see my life flashing in front of me. What I saw was and what I was experiencing was this is this is not how I thought this would go today. Exactly. This is not mm -hmm. how I thought this would go today. But right. it was a clear reminder of any given moment. That's right. Our life can change. And we and we think we have control and we do not. Nope. We, we really do don't. not. We do not. Which is why it's important, you know, about getting your stuff in order. Yeah. Getting your social. stuff in order, you know, taking care of your business, taking care of the things you need to do for, you know, if you have children, making sure your stuff is in order. And I know none of us like to talk about it, right? Because we're no. always like, oh, that just sounds so morbid. Mm -hmm. But do you have your, do you have your, do you have a living will? Mm -hmm. 
That's serious. Do you have a living will? Like if you got sick today or tomorrow and you had to go into the hospital and your heart stopped or you are you know, deemed uh, brain dead or you've been in a coma, is there a don't resuscitate order for you? What would you like to have happen if you mm -hmm. end up being brain dead? Do you, how mm -hmm. long do you want the family to wait? Do you want them? Because we think, oh, my, 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 my spouse or my, my mother or my children will make that decision. First of all, be a lot of confusion. I've been, I mean, I've been in situations, I've been around a lot of that and it's not, you know, it's very, you know, because you have to people like, just let her go. I want to remember how she was. Other people like, no, no, you know, and it becomes a big fight. You know, once you have that living room order, they have to abide by your wishes. Exactly. And, and don't put that responsibility on the people who love you. Exactly. Because so you know what? that is not an easy decision to make. I remember I, I had to make that decision for my dad. That is not a decision you want to make. No, it isn't. It isn't at all. So put your stuff in order. Yeah. Let your kids know where your living will is, where your mm -hmm. where your will is, where the policies are, where the share. Let's get a policy. Yeah, I write policies for life insurance. Right. You need to get a policy. Right. You need a policy. And you need even, a policy. You know, and, and we think, you know, I am still amazed at when you hear that someone has died and families are still having to collect money to bury someone. And I know money is an issue. I understand that. But there are just some things that sometimes in life, we just got to figure out how we get it done. Mm -hmm. You know, we just got to figure out how we get it done. We got to put some things in place because if for nothing else, try to leave your children something. You know? Well, I mean, I definitely, I would say that, but I would say if you can't leave them anything, don't leave them debt either. Like, you know what I mean? So if you could just get a policy enough, you know, to bury them, you know, bury you, that that would help them a lot. At least they don't have to like try to take out a loan and whatever they need to do. Right. So, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe you can't not leave them a whole bunch, but you're not leaving them in debt either. Right. Exactly. You know, that's a whole nother thing. Try, you know? try to try to handle the things that you need to handle because it's important because just think about, again, it's impactful upon their lives now. Exactly. I had a friend of mine that I wrote a policy for that died totally unexpectedly um, mm -hmm. in his 40s. And, um, you know, just was shocked when I got the news, but I knew I had wrote a policy. I called my office. Is the policy still in place? It was like, absolutely. Um, by this time, they already had started a GoFundMe page for this young man. And um, when I was able to call his mother and tell him that I had a policy yes. that was more than enough and right. more than enough for her to, you know, have also to right. change her life. And she was like, oh, my God, like you are an angel to me, she said, because I did not know. I mean, the loss of losing her child and then, you know, not having any money because right. all policies they, they found were no good. I mean, he had policies they called. They were no good. 
but they didn't even find the policy that he had with my company. But I knew that he had a policy. Right. And all I had to do was call my office, give his name. Oh, absolutely. He has a policy. Boom. There we were. Yeah. And that was a blessing. Yes. So I just, you know, I'm thankful. I am very grateful. We're not doing any of those things. (laughs) To be walking around today and, you know, and it, and it's still a reminder because the, the bite site is still swollen. Um, Mm, You know, it's still itchy. Um, But it's a reminder of something that I thought, um, you know, I was like, oh my God, that, that was when I was a kid. I know I'm allergic to things, but I had never had that type of reaction. Mm. That was, that was a true life or death. And sometimes, you know, it's just that quick because when you're allergic to something and your throat closes up or your, your, your heart starts to, you know, go into shock and it stops beating and you're thinking it was just a bee bite. No, it was just a mosquito Mm. bite. No, Mm. because what the doctor said to me is like, what I want you to consider now, I want you to think of it this way. You're not allergic to bees you're allergic to anything that may be that that stings or bites exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I kind of already knew that because like I said if I get stung by a mosquito it swells up I mean you know Mm -hmm. most people get a little lump mine will swell up sometimes it'll that bump will last for two weeks Mm -hmm. from a mosquito bite and an ant bite, forget it. It's gonna, it's gonna become inflamed. It's gonna turn red. It's gonna get pus in it. It's, it's not cute, mm-hmm. you know. And so, this experience was just really like it was eye opening. It's a definite reminder to not take anything for granted. Every breath, every mm-hmm. breath is precious. Yes, right? it is. Um. And it was funny because as I caught, when I spoke to Steph, I told her, I said, now, you know, we always laugh about how our lives mirror each other. I said, I'm not trying to mirror this part. <laughs> I'm not trying to mirror the hospital thing. Like this is, what is going on right here? <laughs> oh, wait a minute, the, the ambulance thing first. Let's do the ambulance thing. The right, exactly, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, it was just, it was an experience, Um, but, you know, thankful that God put everything in place just as it needed to be. I'm well, I'm safe, you know, Um, of course, I've always been cautious when I'm outside. And like I said, I didn't even see what bit me and that was unnerving initially too yeah that is yeah you don't I don't even know what bit me I don't know what stung me I don't know what punctured my skin I mean that's a scary thing you know and and I look at you today you know not even a a week later it'd be a week tomorrow but that beautiful face could ever imagine that it was swollen your neck all this stuff was happening to you I mean that's but that's just how fast things could happen yes and that's just how fast things could turn around right which right. when you really think about it, it's very, very freaky. But yes. but those are allergic reactions. You could yes. be in a situation where they're literally taking you out and you're looking like hitch, you yes. know, or the next yeah. thing you know, you take some Benadryl, you get some cortisone, you know, some right. steroids, and all of a sudden you're back to yourself. Right. right. It, everything happens in flashes. And it's like, it's crazy. 
but it's but what, real. But what's so crazy about it is that, like you said, it happens so instantly, right? Mm-hmm. And you and there, there is no time to process. Your yeah. body is like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going this way. Because that venom is running through your script, your, yes. your bloodstream. Yes. And your and your mind is saying, and that, and I remember that's why I said I I didn't have a I saw my light flashing in front of me. In my mind, I remember thinking, calm down, breathe, stay, stay focused right. on what's going on right here. Mm-hmm. Don't panic. Don't lose sight. I just mm-hmm. kept praying and I mm-hmm. kept calling God's name. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was with me. He was mm-hmm. going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. You know? And so for me, that was just like, wow, you know, and I, I'm one of those people, like I'm always fascinated by travel. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it's amazing to me that I can wake up today in, oh, yes, me in too. Georgia and I could get on well, a plane and I could be across the country. You exactly. Know? exactly. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like that too. Yeah. Or I could be in a completely different time zone. It exactly. could be, you know, like I think it's weird that like even right here in Georgia, if I go and I drive a few miles and drive to Alabama, I could literally be on this corner in Georgia and cross the street and be in a, an hour behind. That's crazy to me. That is crazy. You know? And so it is just always whenever something happens in my life that brings me to that point of focus what's really important here, right? Focus, be mindful of what's going on around you. And and then focusing Mm -hmm. on, is it really worth having an argument right now? Oh, yeah. Is it worth having an argument with somebody? Is it worth going? I have to be right. I got to prove I'm right. It's it's not, no, it's not that serious. It's not. You know, I I went on a date with a gentleman and he was, he was trying to like tell me how to, to do the GPS when we were going to brunch. Mm-hmm. I had an open house, you know, and he said, no, we'll put the address of the restaurant and then put the address of where you're going. I said, well, it's telling me 25 minutes. So he's like, well, that can't be right. You know, I said, it probably is. I said, because I really don't know what I'm doing. By the time we met at the restaurant, he's like, let me see your phone. Let me see what you put in the browser. He said, see, you didn't know how to do it. That's all. It's not that serious. That's how I would have figured it out. I don't need to, you know, I, I don't need to like, oh, you're young. You got to prove me right. It's not that serious to me. Right. <laughs> it's not even about that at all. It's just like I, I, I would have still gotten there either way. You know what I mean? And eventually I would have figured it out. It wasn't such a big deal. But some people take things and they just want to like, you know, you know like just like, see, you're, you're wrong. See, I know how to do this. I'm so far from that. You know, it has a lot to do with my ambulance experiences. <laughs> <laughs> that it's not that it's so many things it's that not, just it really isn't okay i feel like i don't no. i don't i don't need to argue every point no no i don't need to explain yes everything yeah and some things and some things i don't even need to explain right it's not even i don't like, need to you know. explain but i also don't need it to be explained exactly um, exactly know, i was I was, yeah. I was talking with my mom last night and you know crazy how we were we were talking about how because we were talking about the um the fact that the uh laundry uh, brian laundry or landry 
was his remains were discovered yesterday. Mm. And, you know, and so here we are, you have two people who are now gone from this earth and there are so many unanswered questions because the two people who were there are no longer. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be a mystery. I mean, of course, the I'm sure the investigations, the police, the FBI, everybody who's involved are going to, you know, they'll do their part, but you still don't have answers because you cannot speak to these two people who were involved in this situation to know what actually happened. Um, but we you know what I realized? I think that sometimes like um, you don't even know, like I really, I mean, I could say things, but like, I think like just with my divorce, I don't know really what happened. Right. You just know, it's like, and I can see like when, you know, the things that we did see about these two young people, um, I think that it was just, you know, they had some mental health challenges. Um, right. But I do think that they, with all that being included and, you know, people being upset, I don't even think if they were here, either one of them could be able to really tell you what happened. You right. know what I mean? Because the and state raised, of mind was probably, exactly. at that point, was altered for both exactly. of them and whatever was going exactly. on with them. And, exactly. you're, and you're right. You know? And, you know? And he was probably so distraught because he knew that he did murder her. He strangled her to death. And then he's like, I just don't want to be here anymore. He ran and went into the park. Right. You know, so, you know, it was something to destroy. And it's probably because of the whatever made him feel the need to strangle her. Right. And, you know, I mean, so when things happen, like, like God says, we're not going to know the answers to everything. Right. And we can ask, should... we can ask, but it doesn't mean we're yeah. always going to get an exactly. answer or exactly. always yeah. get, or we are going to get an answer that makes sense to us because mm -hmm. sometimes things just don't make sense. Um, exactly. And if you need to know the answer to everything, you're going to miss out on a lot of things Yes, you because are. that's, that's, that's so many good things that happen that you're not going to know the answers to, Right. you know, and you, you sit there and you ponder all day for these answers, you'll be missing everything else that's happening over here. Correct. You know, and, it, and, and so it, it was funny because my mom, like I said, my mom and I ended up talking last night about abusive situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I was saying to my mother that the thing that disturbs me so much about abuse, whether it's man to woman, woman to man, adults to children, whatever it is, is the is the process or the thought process of another human being believing that they have the right to treat another human being with such disdain, such manipulation, such hurt, evil, whatever you want to call it. And it, it really, it disturbs my spirit. Anytime I am listening to or watching situations where people have hurt another, uh, one human being to another human being has hurt another human being, you know? And we were talking about, um, funny how we're on this topic because this is not what we were even talking about, but- um, my But these are our conversations evolve. Well, exactly, <laughs> that's right. It's, it's, it's evolving to, it's, it's morphing into to something else, right? Which is, which is still a prevalent topic because Mama was sharing that, um, you know, as a kid, um, seeing uh, women being abused 
by their husbands, you know? And, uh, and I was saying to my mother how I cannot even wrap my brain around, around that. And I've been in an abusive situation and I couldn't wrap my brain around it then, hence why I'm not in it, but I still had to go through it, right? To know that I'm never gonna let that happen, right? Never gonna do that again, never gonna be in that situation again. But we don't even understand how when we do that, to any person, because even as the abuser, the abuser is physically abusing whomever it is that they're abusing in whatever form, shape that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But the, the, those who witness the abuse are just as, if not more, traumatized. Oh, absolutely. And broken and damaged. Mm-hmm which yes. it is it is it is like mental health and abuse are the two things of humanness that we don't spend enough time addressing we don't we, we just we don't. don't we just we between family secrets and this is nobody's business and just, the secrets that kill you literally right, you know they kill you they we don't even understand how those type of trauma in your life, whether you, whether it's done directly to you or you're Mm -hmm. in the space in which is being done, how Mm -hmm. it directly affects and directs who you become, who you are, how you operate, how you accept, how you don't accept, how you, how you deal with life and life situations. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, Again. I was walking in the city the other day. Uh, two weeks ago, I was on my way to go have dinner. And um, it was a couple. And they like they were like from the Middle East. And the sort of father was, he was um, pushing his daughter in the umbrella stroller. And I, I just can't stand those strollers anyway because the child's all hunched over like that. And um, then the she had to be about three. The mother's walking behind and she's holding the, the walking with the son. So he's about four or five, whatever. The little girl, no, she goes to stand up. That man took his hand and hit her in the head. Mm. Don't you sit down. I was like, this is like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. This Like, it just resonated with me. Like, who does that to their children? Who does that to a human being, period? And, right. Like, you hit her. And she, she's, yes. Cowering. She's cowering. <sighs> trying to trying to be protected and there's nothing or no one there to protect um i tell you always the the hardest thing to see especially when children are the victim one day my father was like oh i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna beat you today it's like like you know actually about eight nine years old and literally he beat me that whole day i was under the refrigerator like a little animal him just beating on me with his belt, you know? And I was like, well, well that will never happen to me when I'm an adult. Like, right. You know, I have to deal with you, but I don't have to deal with right. any other person hitting on me like that, you know? But these people have some serious issues, you know? 
beating on anybody. But especially when I beat on your children. That what? people who are abusive are people who are abused. abused. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> and, they were. And that's what I'm saying. So between mental health, we don't mm-hmm. we don't address it enough. We're starting. We're, we're we're starting to. Yes. But we also don't address abuse. We're starting no, we to, mm-hmm. but it's still. I mean, I'm 56 years old. I've been listening to abusive stories my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. you, do you remember, and I cannot remember their names right now, but do you remember the, um, the couple? They lived in Manhattan. Um, they, had a, they had a daughter and he abused that little girl so much that he ended up, um, she ended up dying from the way that he treated her and he beat the, the wife was, she was such a mm. bad woman. I cannot think of their name. That story. I could see her face, but I can't think of it. But wow. it was one, like these people, you know, they lived in Manhattan. They lived in, you know, lived in a beautiful, you know, building and all of this stuff. But it, that didn't stop him from being the, the abuser that he was. You know, and this woman, oh my God, I can't think of her name. It was it, a, it's real. I know this girl, like, was I a mean, big story in New York years yeah. ago. And, and I, just, you, I just think about all the stories. And last night, my mom was sharing a story about being a child. And my, my grandfather used to have a, um, you know, what they call a juke joint. Mm-hmm. And they were in the juke joint. And my mother says that this woman was in there this woman dressed beautifully you know she had on all she had on a white coat and she said the woman's husband walked in and just started cutting this woman and my mother telling this story you know still you could see the disturbance of having witnessed that because as she said you could see this blood all now dripping onto this white coat and, and so to me, you know, it's just life brings us things that if we don't deal with them, mm-hmm. we stay stuck. And it we just goes around. Comes. <laughs> it's yes. like right around the we, circles. We end up being the focal point and life mm-hmm. goes on around us. Mm-hmm. You know? um, yeah. So. It, it, it's it's um, it's it's a scary place to be, but we have to do better, do better as a human race. Definitely yes. do better and yes. treat each other better. Yes. Because love is the answer. Oh, that's so mundane. No, that's true. Right. We need to right. learn to love each other. Right. In well, spite. we have to learn how to life our, love ourselves first. Oh, absolutely. Oh, if, absolutely. I, if I learn how to have self love for myself. Oh yes. And, the and have, is not- or I should say, have love for myself. And then realize where I don't have love for myself or where my own issues are about myself with myself, then that's a, that's a step in the right direction. But most of us go through life realizing, well, I don't like this about myself. I don't like that about myself. I really don't mm-hmm. like myself that much. And mm-hmm. then we allow other people to instill in us the reasons why we are not likable. And then you go out and inflict that on other people. Other people. You know, right. Exactly. So, so it's like, take it, on. you either yeah. take it 
Mm -hmm. But then while you're taking it, there's you also are victimizing people along your path. Exactly. Exactly. Because the thing is, people say, oh, I want to find somebody. I want to I want to be in love. Well, fall madly in love with yourself. Right. Fall in love with you first. Right. And then the love that you desire will come. You have to become love to attract love. Attract love. Right. If you don't become love, then you're not going to attract love. And that's from every whatever type of love, because love is love. You know what I mean? But you have to become love first. You, everybody's looking for love outside of themselves. Right. You got to inside of you and you have to, right. like you have to radiate it out. Right. And then you attract it in. So that's the main thing. And even though, you know, like you could still keep giving love. And even if that person's not love, but then when you're giving love and that person's not love, they fall off because you can't stop radiating love. Because if you, when you become love, you just keep radiating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and those people fall by the wayside. The ones they can't handle it, they just fall by the wayside. Right. And that's but some, okay. But some of us are some of us are broken though, and we're we're giving absolutely, but we don't know if we're really giving love because we really don't yeah. know what love is. Exactly. So we we're not giving idea, love. we have an idea of mm-hmm. what we think it's think. supposed to look like. Exactly. But also that comes from what were the examples? What were the foundations that you were taught what love is, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you were taught that love is, we, we work Monday through Friday, um, you know, everybody works. And then on Friday, everybody gets sloppy drunk, sloppy high. The house is crazy. There's people in, there's people out. Nobody's paying attention to the children and nobody's really paying attention to nobody else. And everybody's self self-pleasing at this point right everybody's Mm. just worried about what can i get what do i want to get from you or from you or from you or from you and even if you're not willing to give it to me then because i want it i'm going to take it from you Mm -hmm. right and then we so we go through this insanity every three days you know or or every those three days friday saturday Mm -hmm. you know sunday then sunday we kind of start pulling it back together. Monday morning. So we can pretend <laughs> to be this, these people Monday through Friday or Monday mm-hmm. through Thursday afternoon. Because mentally, Thursday evening, we already on Friday. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the behavior and the shenanigans already start for mm-hmm. those places in our lives where we're broken. And we're, mm-hmm. and we're now in the, this, this is my, I'm hungry for love. But I don't even know what that really looks like. I don't even know what that really feels like. And so we keep repeating cycles. It's true. But a lot of us wasn't even taught that's what love was. It's something that we saw and just assumed, you know what I'm saying? That's what love is, you know? Oh, because, you know, my mother comes home and cooks me dinner and, you know, that's love. You know what I mean? My, My father comes home and, you know, he, you know, works and he gives my mother money oh that's love you know right. but then you know when she gets mad he hits her oh that's love you know so you're getting all these ideas like you know because right. love like people like that, that little slogan love hurts love does not hurt love does not hurt that little like, like all these little like slogans say, say beauty yeah. beauty cause beauty hurts well no. if i have to if i gotta break noses and fluff up lips and put injections yeah, into yeah. places on my body that I should not yeah, be injecting yeah. and risk the fact of 
something um, exploding that is not natural of my yeah. body. You know, yeah. no, love should not hurt. The the beauty yeah. should not the beauty hurt. Should that not way. Like that, not like that. No, you know, not, no. That, that no. is not that is not what God created, right? And and I not understand where you know where we where we get to the point where we're like, oh my God, you know, well, my face is beautiful, but my neck, oh my God. I, I, I'm not gonna say if if that's what you want to do, do it. But don't get to the point where that part of you becomes so overwhelming because when you when you get to that point in your life and you start to look in the mirror and you you really you have a a complete disconnect from you and what you see in the mirror your own reflection that that is where you need to start asking yourself why is that why am I why am I unable or unhappy with what I see in the mirror now that also goes for when we don't take care of the bodies we have, i.e. We, we don't exercise, we don't eat right, we mm-hmm. abuse it with drugs, with alcohol, mm-hmm. or we just beat it up and we don't take care of it. And mm-hmm. then we're, we're, we're going to not like it. Right. right. Then we're not going to like it. But then mm-hmm. when you get to that point, what do you do about that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. then you got to have that. You got to have that heart to heart with yourself about now what do I need to do to change this situation, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because this, this physical being only is the covering for the spiritual being. We're yeah, a it's spirit. just a shell. It's, it's a just shell. a shell, exactly. right? That's right. Because yes, I know. Um, what was, was the plane inside? crash? It was one of the plane crash. I couldn't remember, but years ago, the lady, she, she was the only one that survived the plane crash, one of the stewardess. Mm. And she was on the Oprah Winfrey show and she was saying that when she saw all the spirits come out, they were all like some of the spirits was bright and lit up and some were just dull looking. But you could see all the spirits coming up out mm. of the plane. And it was quite interesting. Mm. So, yes, spirit either is vibrant and alive or is dull and not, you know, this there. Right. You know, and it was really interesting when she was talking about that. Right. You know. Because we are just a shell, you know, you have to love that shell that you have and and take care of it, you know, until your best of your ability. But shooting things into it and putting concrete in your butt and all this kind of thing, that is not the answer. You know, maybe do some squats. I just don't understand. I really don't understand. Go up and down the steps, honey. Yeah. Squats, do yoga, do something. You have to do something. You know, I belong to the itty bitty titty committee, but I will never get breast injections. Stay away from those red cup injections. I'm serious. I, I know that's right. And people having the parties at their house, the person come to your house, that's correct. That's, I, I, what? What? Okay, if you want to go that route, you want a little Botox, whatever else they use, right. I would definitely be in somebody's office. But you go in some house, I mean, you know, it's a thing, the things that are always interesting to me. And you hear this, like, you know, people, oh, you shop at Whole Foods, or you buy organic food, that's a whole check. But the things that you people are cheap about is amazing to me. And it always has something to do with, okay, you want to wear this full weave, and that's your thing, but you want to get the cheapest weave possible. That's going to take your hair out, da, 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 whatever. You want to erase your wrinkles with Botox, but you don't want to, you want to go to somebody that goes to my house. You don't want to go get the best. 
Right. Like if you're going to do something like that to your body, right. you should want the best. Find the best. I would not be going over to other countries or third world countries getting procedures done to my body. I mean, okay, if you can't afford to get it here, then maybe you shouldn't be getting it done. But I definitely will be getting it done by or, a reputable or, or make a plan to get it done, right? Exactly. Learn how you're going to save your money and figure out exactly. how you're save, going to save your coins. Exactly. Whatever it takes. But right. that's the thing that just amazes me because you want to you want to half pay for things that like truly affect your body. Right. But then you know you're carrying an eight thousand dollar purse. Right. That doesn't make you any don't sense. have eight dollars to put in the eight thousand dollar purse. So well, I mean, some of these people do, but the eight thousand dollar purse is more important to you than spending however much it costs to get breast augmentations. I go over here, get it cheaper. I I think I'm saying when it comes to your body, why would you want to use a coupon for your body? You like the cheap That's, way. I like that. Why would you want to use a coupon? I love that. <laughs> you know, like, this, is, this is this. You're not getting another one. I don't care how you many right. you look loud or whatever. Right. It's this, still you only, only get one. You only get. You only get one. And, you know, and maybe That's your body may, and it looks a little weird too. Your body looks like this. But let me say, every single organ in your body know exactly how old you are. And uh, when, hey, when on your deathbed, the, the like, old types of your body, they can tell you, or maybe on the outside, she looked like she had no children, but she had X amount of children. I can tell by her cavity. That your body tells your story. It's funny you would say that because back to my, my incident on Saturday, I was laughing because when they took, when they were, of course, measuring my, my, um, my blood pressure, the EMT, the EMT said, man, your heart rate is amazing. He's like, your heart beats like a runner. He said, you work out, don't you? I said, I do. He's like, yeah, I can tell. When I got to the hospital, the doctor said the same thing. He says, most people's heart rate is about probably, you know, 60 beats per minute or something like that. He's like, you're like 66 beats per minute. And he said, and here's the thing, even the fact that my blood pressure had dropped and I had the EpiPen, he was saying that the EpiPen normally takes a person's heart rate, shoots it up. It did not for me. And he was like, you have a strong heart. So when I posted my thing on Facebook and I told people, I was like, so the doctor said, this is not me saying, the doctor says I have a really strong heart rate. So I want you to know. I have the ability to chase you, to catch you, and to punch you in your throat. So, <laughs> so I just want you to be careful. It's just like, I just want you to know, I can chase you, and I will catch you. So, yeah, everybody forgets about the throat. The throat brings people, people to their knees real what, quick. What you say? What you say? <laughs> you like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if I had to go, laugh I would at me when I say that. They're like, Iris, that seems so mean. I'm like, it's not. I'm just letting you know how serious I am about what I'm saying to you right now. Don't make me punch you in your throat. Because the throat punch is a definite stop. It's, it's a... Yeah. I don't know if people talk about the nose, the eyes, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I know I was out with, um, like, some of my um, friends, my colleagues from um, the way, the, the, with the company I write life insurance with. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, Stephanie, you can't fight. It was two brothers. They all, like... And we were just talking, and I just grabbed him by the neck. He's like, oh. He was like, oh. oh. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, said, hey, I, I caught you on guard too, right? Right. Because <laughs> right. see, while you're doing all this, while you over here process, you know, processing what you think I cannot do, I'm exactly. over here focused on how I'm about to shut you down. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, when we do that, as I said, never, don't assume anything about anybody. Oh my God, right? don't you don't. don't and the same way, way, don't assume too much about your life because nope. while you're assuming life is, life is going on and there yes, are yes, things yes. that will come at you that you have no idea. You'd be like, how, how'd I get here? Right. <laughs> what do we say? And what we we had one episode we said how'd I get here? I came with her. Then we had exactly. another one is like uh, I came with him. I don't exactly. know, right? That's I'm so, telling you, you know, you'll be, you you be on the ground. So how'd I get here? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So you just don't know, you know. I tell don't people, know. I feel like. I, you know, something starts going on. I'm, I'm in my corner. I'm over here. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm like, cause honey, we're not trying to go there. Right. You know, it's, like, you know, it's not worth it. It's it not is, worth it. It's not worth it. The, the arguing, yeah. the, the back and forth to mm-hmm. have to prove and, and it's hard because yeah, there are times when you feel like, okay, I just can't let you keep saying that because that's just, that's bothering me. That's irritating me. That's, that's not right. It's not okay. But then we have to just realize sometimes is, is it really worth it? And the, and the real question is, is it going to change? Is it going to change anything? Because that's, we argue because we're trying to get someone else to see our, our view, our view. And that person is trying to get us to see their view. Their view. <laughs> and there comes a point where sometimes you have to learn to say, you know what? You have your view. I, we, we both have windows. Exactly. What I see out of my window and what you see out of your window, obviously, are not the same things. And so we mm-hmm. have to learn sometimes to just say, well, you watch it from your window. I'm going to watch it from my window. And we will have to learn to just look at each other from our windows and that's right know, exactly like, yeah if your window is so big that you're looking at it and you on the opposite side i'm on the opposite side then we're we're, we're not gonna ever look out the same window <laughs> we're never gonna see we're never gonna see the same view no yeah no the view is gonna be so different you have your window i have my window right yeah. even though we're side by side it doesn't mean that we're ever gonna see the same thing right exactly so sometimes you know, we have to stop trying to make ourselves see the same thing because he looks good, he feels good, he's, he's cute, cute. Or she's yeah. cute. I love the way he kisses. Yeah, okay. When all that don't love that, all that stuff anymore, those windows, his windows, this on this side, your windows on that side, and then what? You just wasted a lot. And look, and then you want to throw each other out the window. Yeah, that's true too. You know, and in the mix of all this stuff. Baby start coming. That becomes a mess. Yeah. They, they don't just have one, they have a couple of them. And sometimes they stay with each other for 30, 40 years. You in this window and they in that window. And then what? And then you got these kids in the some of them in that window, some in that window, some don't even have a window. And that's how you create a mess. Yeah. And then you put them out into the world. To make and then they come to look at other people's windows. Yes, I, I, I don't, or just come out and just be a mess. Because yeah. like, you know, the parents for are, you get that one is like, I want to go to therapy and counseling so I can decide which window I want. 
<laughs> you know, but uh, that's few in between, unfortunately. Yeah. And that and that's, the, you know, and that's the thing. Life is really about life is about evolving. And it the thing about human beings is that a lot of times we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. And then even when we are given the opportunity to know. We still refuse to accept that as the answer or we ex- we refuse to go beyond that like if i okay so if i don't believe that part what do i believe and and where's my where's my theory or where's my um hypothesis to prove or you know support what i believe now of course we believe what we believe because that's what we believe but sometimes what we believe is not true oh well, absolutely not true and and when we and when we're in that tug of war with ourselves in our own truth and the truth, <laughs> that that lends itself to that's when you need to have some sort of investigation go on. You need to have a conversation with yourself and yourself. You know what do I really believe and what is really true? Like this mm-hmm. is my truth, but what is the truth? Because somewhere between what I believe, what someone else is saying, there is truth in there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether you decide how much of the truth you really want to accept or you really want to explore. And I think that's sometimes where we get stuck. We are afraid to deal in the truth. We want to deal in our own truth and we want to live there and you can for a moment, but when it starts to affect your life and affect your relationships and everything you do, then that means it's time to start to look at the truth. Which is true. I know when my niece got married and they had this saying, they said, we only have to be perfect for each other, for us, that we, because that is really a big thing, you know, to, okay, opposites attract. But does it last? You know what I mean? Because you have to, you know, your standards, you know, they need to match to create those relationships, you know, because if you have different standards on things that, you know what I mean? You, you know, it, that becomes a problem, you know, in relationships, your preferences now that's different, but your standards are something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people want to get into these, like, I could change him or I could change her, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, and you cannot, you cannot change. Only people could change themselves. And that's what they want to change. That's if they see anything to change. Right. You know, but, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, OK, she's, uh, you know, or he's, you know, whatever he is. Oh, now I want to change him, make him everything else. They had this play out years ago it says, I love you. You're perfect. Now change. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's more like what we do to each other, yep, you is. know, and, and, and it's, it doesn't work. It just really, really doesn't work. But you have to have your standards and you cannot change your standards because, oh, he's cute. She's cute. You know, they made me feel good, you know, whatever, because that's where the problems come in. You have to like if your standards are your standards, they're not going to go anywhere. And if they that's how you feel, that's how you feel. You know, but when people start to try to change their standards for other people, that's where because the breakdown comes. You know what I mean? If you know you're a Christian and he's a Muslim, 
oh, you know, we, we love each other. You know, that that becomes a problem as time could break down where it could become a problem, which I know like in my marriage that was, you know, it's like, how are you marrying this Muslim? You're a Christian, you know, but, you know, and I, I used to feel like, oh, long somebody believes in something. I learned that that don't work out, <laughs> you know, it wasn't I worshiping the devil, but you have to, when your standards are very important to you, you have to really stick to them and see if you have those things in common, you know, and, and honest communication, because the one thing that we tend to do too, we lie just to get the person Yes. And you can't hold those lies up. You know what I mean? Oh, no. Like, oh, I, I can't be around anybody to smoke. You know, now I find out you're still smoking. You know, lying about it. Right. You know, so it, it's just like, you know, things of that nature. You know, I mean, you have to be honest, honest communication. You know, you're just telling people the things that they like. You know, and it is like you're meeting that representative. But representatives need to be a little bit more honest, you know, because you would save yourself and other people a lot more time. Well, it's something, it's something you just said, you know, I was, I was having a, you know, I'm always having kind of these brainstorming moments with myself, you know, me, myself and I conversations. And I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, how we always say opposites attract. And I, I was thinking about that. And I, for me, I realized that I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that likenesses attract because when we meet someone right and it's for me I I have examined relationships that I have been in and I thought to myself yeah opposites attract you know we we complement one another but then I thought about it and I said what I'm normally attracted to is the likeness of our lives like you know mm -hmm. how we will we'll start talking about parallel. yeah mm -hmm. how you grew up and how I grew up and mm -hmm. oh so so I think that I have in my life at times confused that for meaning that because we are our lives parallel so much that means we are we could be good together Mm -hmm. But what I started to examine and really think about was what were the likenesses? Like, were the likenesses good things? And I started realizing not necessarily. The likenesses were more the things that we were both broken in mm -hmm. or that we had both experienced trauma, hurt, and pain in. Mm -hmm. And then we we grew up masking and managing those hurt, pains, and traumas, never having deal with them, dealt with them. And then we met one another and then go, man, your life sounds so much like mine. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and two broken people, two hurt people decide, man, you and I have so much in common. What in the hell? What? Where does that make any sense? It doesn't. <laughs> Where does that make any sense? Right? But we, we, and we say opposites attract. No, they don't. No, I, I don't believe they do. We, I, I really, we really come together on 
what we think are opposites, but it's really my trauma sounds like, like your trauma. <laughs> my parents. And we have so much in common. Like we really want this trauma. <laughs> yeah. And so we think it's a good idea to get together because you know what that makes us think? You get me. Yeah. You understand yeah, yeah. where I'm coming from. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are clear about who I am and I am uh -huh. clear about who you are. But then when you get into these relationships and those two people, the real people show up, like the damaged people show up, not the, not the lovely people, not the dressed up people who is like, oh my God, you're so handsome. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so funny. You're, you're so crazy. So then the crazy people really show up. Well, then, how about you? The one person's trying to get, you know, put the trauma in a place that no longer affected their life, but the other person's still holding on to the trauma. No. <laughs> you know, that, that, that that's kind of like what it really happens because right. if you, you, you have similar situations with your trauma that, like you said, attracted you. But one person is always trying to work on themselves and the right. other person really isn't. Right. Because then the other person is going to say, oh, you know who I was when you met me. Exactly. And then you have to say, well, yes, I did. I, I, I certainly did. Because I told you. Because I, right. Because we had this whole conversation, our first meeting or the thing that attracted us to one another was our crazy. My sister Merck always says, when you meet people, you need to ask them, what's your crazy? She always says that. And I remember when I first met her, she said, what's your crazy? I was like, what? I don't have a crazy. Yes, you do. And as time has gone on, yes, I have been able to identify what's my crazy. And so if you meet someone and you ask a person what's your crazy and that person goes, I have no crazy. You need to be like, it was so nice to have met you. Because all of us have some crazy. But maybe you have to think about because as you said that to me, as you said that, I'm like, like what's my crazy? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I know what I, but what I did think though, I, I think I have many of them damn there you go and so when we get to that point in life then like you just said many times we are already in a relationship and one of us starts to realize damn i got a lot of issues i have these things that i need to work on like i don't want to keep doing this over and over and over again because it has not garnered me where I'm trying to go in my life. Exactly. Uh -huh. right? And yeah. by, by that time, you and the other person are already sharing space. You're sharing life. You're sharing money. You're sharing kids. You're sharing drama, trauma with one another. And then the other person is like, well, how dare you think that you just going up and walk out and leave me here with my crazy? No, yeah, you can't get away from me. Right. You part of the crazy now. So where you think you're going? And you know, it's as crazy as that sounds, 
Those are the conversations so many times we have to have with ourselves. Because like I said, when I was talking to my mother last night and I said, you know, it's like women have always been abused. Women and children have always been abused. Always, always. And are still being abused, right? Yes, absolutely. Right? And I said, it, it's so bizarre to me. And it's not bizarre. I get it. But it is, it, it just burns my spirit that a human being could say to another human being, okay, first, I love you. I really mm. like you. I love you. I'm here for you. We're going to build this life together. And then somewhere along the line, you have this snap moment. And then maybe it's not even a snap moment. The real you shows up. That's what it is. The real you shows up. But by that time, I'm already, I'm, I'm so in. Because think about it. The first time someone hits you, mm-hmm. or the first time someone threatens your life, or the first time somebody grabs you and chokes you, or they jump up and say to you, get out. Or they, they go into a, a state where you're like, who are you? Mm-hmm. the human part of us the good mm-hmm. sense part of us would be good night have a great life I'm out of here but we don't and why we don't is because something inside of us starting with our own trauma starting with our own hurt, our own pain, our own crazy, makes us believe that that's not really who they are. I mean, I think for some people. and And together, we can work through this. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people, but I, I think that for you and I, that's not true. I think that, I think that it becomes a point that we're like, Okay, I got to go. I just got to figure out how I got to go. Because it's not always. But but even, yeah, but see, what you're about to say is where we step in and we make an excuse for why we should not go. No, no, no. I'm not talking about no excuse like why you should not go. It's just like if whatever, you know, you whatever the situation is, you have kids or you need money or whatever the situation is, sometimes you have to make a plan. It's not that you're not going. It's because everybody's situation is different. You know, some people are able just to be like, I'm out and I, you know, I'm done. And then some people have to make a plan. If they don't work, they don't have no money. The husband has all the money, whatever the case may be. But I'm not saying that. But in that process, how many women never, never leave? Never, never, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say never leave. I mean, they never get to leave because they're murdered before oh, they're. I mean, oh, it's a lot. So, it's a lot. So what I'm it's saying like, is, yeah, that right. I mean, sometimes you have to run. Don't get me wrong. Right. right. Sometimes so like, like, in, in these situations, when we start to see the trauma of another human being, the humanness in us tends to say, oh my God, I'm sorry that that happened to you. And so now we try to analyze it. We try to, we pacify it. 
we try to understand it and we really, we are not equipped to do that. Well, I mean, just like, well, you know, my, I told you my niece was murdered in Atlanta, like three right. years ago. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and, and, and he just like, I'm just going to talk to him. Her sister was like, you don't need to talk to him. Right. You know, you need to leave this situation alone. Right. She goes to talk to him and, you know, he murders her. Right. And, and he kills himself, and himself. too. Exactly. No, exactly. And she left her two babies. And, and it's like really, really sad because there is something like, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and you don't, you want to say like, I know this person. And sometimes you really, no. exactly. You don't. But if, if, I think that that gut instinct inside of you, if right. that gut instinct inside of you is telling that you got to run, then guess what? You got to run or you right. got to like no return. You need to move someplace. This person never can find you again. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's true. But we don't always go by our gut reaction, which we should, you know. I mean, it's like when I got abducted in the elevator, I did not feel because of so much energy on the elevator when I got on. Right. But when everybody else got off, I couldn't even see this person. But when I tell you every hair on the back of my neck stood up and I knew I was in danger. Right. When everybody else left, I felt that energy. And he's not stupid. He felt it too. He it had his name right on my butt and that yeah. right to my side. Right. You know, he's like, oh, she knows I'm back here. Boom, boom, gun, mouth, everything. You know what I mean? And there was no return at that point. Right. And there you and know. there are points in our lives that right, there's no return. But my but my my point is still. When something happens to us bad the first time early on in something, oh, yeah. the, we typically do not exit. That's what I'm trying to say. We don't exit. No, no it's true. You're right about we, that. We, we continue on sometimes months, weeks, years, right? Knowing that this, this is not a good thing. And it's not going to get any better. And it's not going to get any better. As a matter of fact, it's only going to go downhill nope. because now I'm in a situation that I have no control over. Now all of my all of my trauma, my my hurt, my pain, my fears, everything is it's it's all it's on the top. It's the cream. Yeah. Exactly. It's like everything yes. underneath it is bawling. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I can't even I can't even touch the ground of my own trauma because I'm up here in the cream. Right. And, and I'm trying to survive in your trauma, mm -hmm. and in my own trauma. You know, and it, it just it is. It is one of the things, like I said, abuse is one of the things that just it gets my goat. I don't have any tolerance for it. I don't have any no. time like, to understand it. I'm not. You can't understand it. I, and, and, right. Because I, I have, I've seen it too much. I've witnessed it too much. And I, and I am, am bothered by the fact of how people justify it. Yeah. I'm bothered by how abuse of another human being is constantly justified yeah and there's no justification and there is none you know yeah, it's really, really, really no justification 
It's um, and and you see it every day, in every one form day. or another, every day. Even this thing, this story, and I didn't, I didn't even, I couldn't even read it. This story that's going on now, where all these people wa- were on this train and watched this woman being raped and assaulted, and the people are standing around with their phones. Exactly, I heard that. I, I, I. I there were men, there were women, there were, and, and you all stood there with your phones. I, I just, I, I am just human nature boggles my spirit at times, you know, and then they're saying, of course, there are, there are not going to be any charges brought up against any of these people. It's not even about charges. It's about how can you be so inhumane and it wasn't like i understand you know like people will say i'm not getting involved we've we've seen so many of those stories where a woman is screaming in the middle of the night and people everybody turns the lights on and everybody turn the light back off and nobody goes to help but you were in a train car watching like you i don't understand that Yes, I don't understand that type of disconnect to another human being. But at the same time, we live in a society where people would protect an animal over a human being. Yep. You'd go to court, you'd go to battle, you will get laws put in place for an animal, but oh, you consider an animal a defenseless and helpless being, but you don't see another human being that's not able to defend themselves from harm and danger important enough to help them. Mm-hmm. I, it, so again, life is interesting every day. Take nothing for granted. Take nothing for, oh, you know, that's not my business. It's not your business. I understand that. And I'm never going to say put your life in danger. But for all those people standing there with a phone, and this is how life has played out sometimes, I feel like in many other situations. Okay, physically, maybe you, I understand you were afraid, but you stood there and you watched someone being abused and harmed and hurt. And not one of those people dialed 911. Not one person. You stood there and you watched a crime happening, a human being being assaulted and hurt, and you videotaped it. What were you videotaping it for? Voyeurism. We live in a time where people want to see and record and tape and all this kind of stuff, but they're not doing anything about it. I mean, you just see that all around. And then I, I do think, like, why didn't they call the police? Why, I mean, okay, like, Maybe you didn't know exactly where you were, but if you would have called 911, they would have been able to track you exactly. and start going, you know? I mean, it's just like when I was being attacked in the elevator, this is like, you know, 30 something years ago. Right. And um, the so when the elevator door is open, I'm looking at the girl, like, like looking deep in her eyes, like screaming for help. And, you know, he now this man has me like this, like, I told you about that. So it's already, you see that it's already an abusive situation. Right. But now he really has the gun in my side at this point. Right. 
And when the cops told me that they, um, they said that because it was a, um, a police station, like a satellite office right there in the building. Mm-hmm. And when they came down, the, the two young ladies, they were laughing about it. Say, oh, yeah, he, she going to get her butt beat tonight. He, she going to piss them off. Mind you, I, I, I just left Barney's, okay? The way I was, no, I was at Fred the Furry. The way I was dressed and the way he I didn't. Right, you know, it like, didn't you know, make any yeah. sense. Exactly. But, and, but, we don't, uh, but we see what we want to see because that's a, that's a mindset. That's but a mindset like, oh, she deserve it. <laughs> exactly. And the cops said that they said, where was this? What happened? And that's the one they said, once the girls told the story, they knew I was in trouble. And they started running through the building looking for me. Well, but at least they said, uh, OK, so and that, that was just divine intervention because they didn't go to the police station. Right. They just happened to be talking. Exactly. They were like, they, they, they overheard the two girls, young ladies having a conversation with each other. Divine and I mean, they they didn't get they didn't get to me in time. They never got to me actually. Right. Um, but yes, but that's what they told me. We were looking for you because we knew you were in trouble because we heard these two young ladies and they were actually laughing that you're about to get beat up by your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's it, you're right. I mean, it's really really interesting. You say something, but then I guess look, I felt the same way about this man punching his daughter in the head. Yes, absolutely. I didn't know what to say, what to do. Like, do you approach these? Like, I, I, you know, like you are like in some situations, you know, did I call the police? I mean, and I I felt like, and I guess I'm talking about because I felt like I wish I would have done something. I just didn't know what to do. Right. And I, and I get that. I don't know humanness. I get that part, but I'm talking about you were, you were a woman on the street. And this, then this was a transient situation. Right. So even if you had called the police, that didn't mean the police were going to get there in time or, you know, and you could have been in danger. That person could have attacked you, hearing you, or you saying something to them. You, I mean, because already if he's hitting a child in the head, then more than likely he probably would have been very verbally or physically abusive to you as well. So I get mm-hmm. that. But I'm talking about when there are, there is two people, one person who's being victimized, and there are 20 to 30 other people or five other people, whatever, standing there videotaping and no one does anything. Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't understand either. You know, that I'm talking about that. And, and it seems like the society in which we live we, we, we videotape everything. So you're going to videotape it. And then what you're going to do, then you're going to cast that onto the news, or you're going to cast that onto your social media pages of someone being raped. Like what is wrong with us that we, that's what I'm saying. It's we, we are missing a vital piece of being human. And that is being human. Enough to care about another person, right? Like, no, I'm not going to say you should have jumped out there. And and right, calling the police probably would have not, because by the time the police would have come, they would have been gone. You would have been gone. I, I, you know, so 
I get that part, but I'm talking about when you have the ability, all you had to do is dial 911. The train was going to exactly. stop eventually. The eventually, but you're just taking your own voyeurism. Yeah. Like, what does that say about us? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we've come to. Like, everything is, the reality of everything is so sordid that we enjoy seeing people being hurt and misused and blood and gore is so, it, that's intriguing. We get, to well, well, what is, we're, we're desensitized. Yes. Yes, very much so. As a society, we are desensitized. To a All very, the very bad place. Yes, we are. To a very, very bad place. And it's it's awful. It's very, very awful. So, I don't know. Just pray. Do your part. Because <laughs> prayer, prayer does change things, that's for yes, sure. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Identify your own crazies. Mm-hmm. Be grateful because yeah. I am grateful. Yes. I'm very grateful. Too. Every day that I am able to wake up with a roof, floors, and walls. Mm-hmm. And even if I didn't, I may not necessarily, I'm not going to say I'm going to be happy about the situation, but I'm still grateful because I woke up. Is it, oh, absolutely. That's, right? that's the blessing every day. Because you realize that. There have been so many situations where, again, things have happened in our lives that we didn't know was going to happen. We couldn't have planned for it. And even if we had plans for it, it didn't go as planned. (laughs) That's true. It didn't go as planned. Um, You know, so just being grateful, Mm -hmm. learning how to give grace to oneself, right? learning how to have gratitude for the grace that you get from your, from your creator, from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then learning how to give grace to others because yes. in that, at this point in our lives, we are all going through something. Mm-hmm. The only difference is the level of severity in which you are going through something or the level of intensity in which you are going through is different than what I may be going through but we're all going through something and we're all going through multiple somethings in our lives at the same exact time. Yeah. Which is very interesting. So we just have to learn how to give grace and pray that we get grace from others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, honey bunny. Yep. Well, we thank you all for joining us today. Yeah. My phone, my clients are like, my phone is going crazy right now. <laughs> yes, like, it's, oh. time, it's time to go to work, to your other yes. work. work. <laughs> well, we thank you all for joining us today. We hope that you all have a wonderful, blessed weekend. Enjoy it. I don't know what your weather is doing. Um, you know, here is going to be nice and fally. And so, you know, get out, spend some time with your family, spend some time with yourself, get out, exercise, exactly. time outdoors, but, you know, spend some time. It's going to be in the 60s, 70s today, but it's going to be in the 60s for the rest of the week. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much what we're going to have here, too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so enjoy. We thank you all. Enjoy. You got yeah. some good information. Definitely. And tell somebody you love them today. Oh, you know, yes. you Yes, right. Yeah. That's true. And give somebody mm-hmm. some grace today. That's exactly. Check on, check on somebody today. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good thing. Check on some, check on somebody this weekend or today and throughout the weekend, just make sure that they're good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You may change their life. You never yeah, know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You never know. And we're both life coaches. Yes. You know, yeah. My mentor dot life, Stephanie Diani slash Stephanie Diani Green. Yep. And I can be reached at I do love coaching at gmail.com. And of course, you can reach us both on Spotify and on our YouTube channel. And so, um, you know, share with, with someone. Um, you know, if you like us, like us, share with someone and um, continue to join us. So we thank you all so much. Have a great weekend. Be blessed and take care. Bye, honey, funny. Bye, honey, funny. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> you enjoy your weekend too. Thank you.